Hi, Sally. Hi, listeners. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hi, Sally. Hi, listeners. Hi, everybody. Sally, now you say hi to me. Hi, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to our podcast a year ago today. Woohoo. Hooray. <laughs> we haven't recorded a podcast in a while, which is why maybe that opening was a little dicey. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get back into into the swing of things. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> okay. All right. Tell us what's the best thing that's happened to you in in time. <laughs> Insert length of time here. <laughs> um, well, I just got back from two weeks in Mexico. I was there for my Angels of Intuition retreat. And it's like the kind of thing where it's just like so much happened and my world has been rocked so thoroughly that I don't even really know how to describe it to you. But I guess, uh, I don't even know. One of the things that sticks out the most is that I had two separate, equally profound, like healing experiences with my physical body. Mm. And both of them were like profound to the level that after I experienced them, you know, like an hour or so later, I started to question whether it had even been real or not, you know, mm -hmm. like that kind of thing where it's like beyond anything you've ever experienced. And then like a few hours later, your logical mind starts to be like, did that really happen or did I make that up? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, so that was really cool because that happened to me twice while I was gone. I love it. <sighs> and um, one of those was there was this masseuse that we had worked with at this spa and he contacted me and my friend like the next day and was like, I want to take the two of you out to this lagoon and do this water healing, like rebirth ceremony. And we were like, are we about to get kidnapped by a strange man <laughs> in the middle of Mexico or is this totally legit? And we, we ended up going with him and had this thing. It's called Jansu. And you, like, wear a nose clip. And basically, he kind of, like, cradles your body in the water and, like, moves you around. And it's really cool. And it's, like, eventually you kind of forget that he's there and almost kind of become one with the water. And you spend a lot of time under the water. And he's, like, flipping you around. And it's, like, being in a womb. And mm. oh, it was, like one of the most profound things I've ever experienced in my entire life. So I guess I just share all that to say, listeners, if any of you ever have a chance to go to a lagoon with a strange man in Mexico <laughs> and do something called Jansu, you should definitely, definitely do it <laughs> because it's so incredible. And then even like he, he was talking about how like your body and the water begin to communicate on a cellular level which I totally believe is true. But then like that night, even in my dreams, I had this profound awareness in my dream and I woke up feeling like I understand the ripple effect in a whole new way. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I just like, I could talk for three hours about all the magic on this <laughs> trip. So I guess I'll stop now. <laughs> Great. It was magical. So much has happened. That's wonderful. Ah, <laughs> oh, what about you, Sally? What's the best thing? Um, well, nothing. There's not like one specific thing that has happened, but today will be my 21st day of yoga. That's amazing. So that's great. And that feels wonderful. I don't think we've recorded any podcasts in that time. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I'm really excited. I love it. Some days I do multiple classes. 
it feels really good. Um, there are some, there have been a couple of days that I haven't gone to a specific class, but I've just done it at home. That counts. Oh, it totally counts. Yeah. You know, you know how we both said we were going to do like 30 days of yoga. Uh huh. (laughs) Well, you're doing it. So I'm really proud of you. (laughs) (laughs) And also I was going to say that what I came to inside myself is that that was far too great of a commitment for me to actually honor. And so what I did, I think I told you, is that I decided I was just going to do one sun salutation every day for 30 days. <laughs> Great. Have you been doing that? I haven't done it every day, but I've done it most days. And I still am feeling really, really good about it. Wonderful. Well, that's And I decided matters. that's going to be my new motto in life is like, honor your commitments and start small. Don't start with like, I'm going to completely revolutionize my life in the next month because that never <laughs> works for me. <laughs> Well, you got to know yourself. It's good. Yeah. I love anyway. it. Oh, yeah. My yoga classes are the bomb.com. I'm really it's proud good. of you. Huh. Okay. Let's get started because now maybe we have a hard stop. So let's begin. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Welcome uh, to, how does this work? Welcome to your good today, Chantel. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I Hi, forgot Chantel. how to do that. Good morning. <laughs> oh boy so Chantel is here Chantel I invite you to take a brief moment to close your eyes oh wait before you before you do that Uh happy Thanksgiving everybody this is our special Thanksgiving episode (laughs) (laughs) I should have said that at the beginning but I'm remembering now so okay now now do your thing so (laughs) great (laughs) okay Chantel you can close your eyes (laughs) Just go back to a year ago today and just breathe in everything that was happening, everything that was new and exciting or old and different. (laughs) And tell us in one word how you were feeling. Mm, Trepidatious. Oh, Oh, that's a good word. (laughs) So now those SAT (laughs) words. (laughs) So we're here because a year ago today, Chantel had her first baby that came from her body. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, it was her first Thanksgiving as a blended family with uh, her hubby and his kids. And all of the things that was happening with holidays and newborns. Yes. Wow, I feel like we need to like just unpack that situation a little bit more before we go any further. (laughs) So Chantel, can you can you walk us through that just a little bit? (laughs) Okay, so this is quite a story, I must say. So the unpacking could be very large, so I'll try to keep it to a synopsis. Like Uh, if if you had to tell us in like one or two sentences the way Sally just tried to do, what what would you say? (laughs) Um, in short, to provide personal context, I was raised in a single parent home with my mother and grandmother with an estranged father and seen mother and (laughs) mother and grandmother, (laughs) mother and and grandmother pass away when I'm 17. So death has really been uh, a precipitating factor in in my trepidatiousness in having a family, right? (laughs) I have loved you already. (laughs) So, fast forward, you know, a decade or so. So now I'm married, and 
I'm not really, I'm pretty much okay with not being care, I mean, uh, child free and loving my mm -hmm. husband's children who are twin mm -hmm. nine year olds now, but mm -hmm. I have known them since they were three years old because, oh, here my. we go, my husband's ex wife is my best friend from college's cousin. Oh, there we go. Okay, wait, your husband's ex wife is the cousin of your best friend from college. Yes. Okay, okay, I'm with you. So when they were married back way back when and my best friend and I lived together, they would drop off the girls to go on vacation. And, and so I've, I've been very much in their lives for the past six years, but just, um, you know, more, most recently as a stepmother. Mm -hmm. um, How long have you guys been married? We, ha we will be married four years in April. Okay, so at this point last year, it was like, a year less than that. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Math. So, and not only, so when we spend holidays together, I've always spent holidays with my best friend. So in our relationship, in our marriage, it just so happens that we all spend holidays together because the girl's mother, my best friend's cousin, their godmother is my best friend's mother. Mm. So we have holidays together and People don't really understand the dynamic, which I don't particularly care because in, in actuality, the level of adulting that is going on is <laughs> quite high and the capacity for well-adjusted children is on another level uh, yeah. because the girls really do understand the idea that marriages don't work, divorce is okay, and everyone can move on and find happiness together and also apart. Oh, yeah. that's amazing. That's like Sarah Bareilles' yeah. family. Yes. So it's, it's, it's quite <laughs> odd, though, because people find this circumstance to be dysfunctional. The popular yeah. opinion is that this is dysfunctional, when in actuality, it's probably the most functional happening there is for a family. Mm -hmm. uh, and I definitely, I, mean, I would recommend everyone uh, listen to the song Blended Family by Alicia Keys because it's like my my whole existence in in musical stylings. Oh, I can't wait to listen to it. <laughs> I wonder if we're allowed to like put a clip in the podcast or if that's like against copyright awesome. laws or something. Probably against copyright laws, but we can find out. We can check it out. <laughs> so well, I already I wait, hang on. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> unpacking. See, I told I, you. No, I know it's so good, but I am already like have something that I wanna like it already sounds, just to like reemphasize what you said, like I think in most families that we call quote unquote functional, a lot of that is like not actual function. It's more like nobody actually talking about their feelings and everybody oh, just totally. pretending like everything's okay. Mm -hmm. And I'm already like bowing down in awe of you for participating in something where it sounds like, like talking about your feelings is absolutely necessary. Oh, yes. Like, and, you know, and, and we do have to broach the subject with the girls. You know, I wish that daddy and mommy were still together. And then we have the conversation of, well, do you want daddy and mommy not to like each other? Because right now they're friends. And when they were married, they argued. Um, mm -hmm. And whenever they ask any, any questions, really, we, uh, we answer it in an age-appropriate and honest, emotional, emotionally accepting way. Yeah. So... <laughs> We've been in this home in Staten Island for, at that point, two years. And oh, I had decided 
or well, we had decided as a blended family that I would host Thanksgiving. And it just so happens mm. that I was pregnant. <laughs> and my due date was November 20th. Oh my gosh. Did you decide to host Thanksgiving? I decided to. Even though you knew you were pregnant? Or was this like we decided a year ago and then. <laughs> yes, it was kind of a little bit of both. I We had okay. decided beforehand and then I was pregnant and I was being completely overzealous and um, uh, an overachiever. And I said, don't worry. Oh, that's, that's not you at all. Not at all. You're like, I can do it. Yeah, it'll be fine. You know, sometimes babies come at 42 weeks. I might just be huge. <laughs> so I worked until November 13th. That was a Friday. Oh, geez. And on November 14th, I started getting contractions. And the fear became very real about what was going to happen. I was sitting in bed, and I had never gotten Braxton Hicks. For for those who d don't know what Braxton Hicks uh, contractions are, they're, they're um, kind of practice contractions, one might say, that you can get throughout your pregnancy. But I, That sounds terrible. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it is pretty terrible. They're not supposed to last very long, but, you, you know, they're definitely uh, significant enough that they can cause discomfort. So I'm watching TV with my husband, and I'm actually on the phone with some girlfriends FaceTiming and I go to the bathroom and I look at the bathroom in, in the toilet and I have this situation going on down there. <laughs> uh, my mucus plug apparently popped out, decided to party. Um, a mucus plug? Yes. So what is that? A mucus plug. <laughs> this is going to be a very interesting podcast. I didn't know that this was going to be like all about the birth process, but I love it. Yes. Yeah, so I, I, and I'm, ref, I'm expressing it this way because it was very frightening. And with each passing milestone, I became increasingly more anxious uh, because I was revert. You're like, wait, I changed. My yes, mind. yes, yes. It, it's like, can we do? Can we stop this, please? So I want to plug it yes, back in. So I'll scoop it out of the toilet and put it back up there. So mucus plug is out. My girlfriends are FaceTime with me. They're like, what's going on? I show it to them. They're like, please don't ever do that again. Um, That's like something I would do to Sally. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, some, because your, your uterus is still expanding at that point uh, or beginning to anyway because the process is starting. So I started bleeding. And my girlfriend's like, if you bleed again, go to the doctor. Meanwhile, I'm ready to sit home forever. So... <laughs> happens again uh, I I my contractions are actually narrowing um, to every seven minutes I call my doctor he, he makes me go in at, I get there <laughs> at midnight and I'm actually four centimeters dilated but I'm I have a natural plan in my head and what I would advise to women who are listening who have a natural plan in their head just be okay with a healthy baby because plans mm. change and mm -hmm. however the baby comes out is really of no importance. It's just that the baby and the mom are healthy. So when you mm -hmm. fixate on a natural plan or any plan really and things deviate from that plan, it can, be, it can just add another layer, layer of anxiety. So, and mm -hmm. pregnancy is anxiety provoking to begin with. So if you could just ixnay one layer, that's <laughs> awesome. So if I get pregnant again, I won't really care how the baby comes out as long as he's out nice and safe. Hmm. So I stay under observation oh for about an hour and a half, and I decide 
that I don't want an epidural, so they send you home to labor, uh, which I think is what? yeah, I I think is archaic and cruel. But <laughs> he, I'm driving back home. They discharge me, and I'm like, well, if you don't want an epidural, they send you home. Uh, yep. They say, you know what, you're not, you don't really have a purpose to to occupy a bed if you're not under <laughs> medication. So oh, bring God. your ass home and labor at home. Uh, the medical establishment in this country blows my mind. Yeah. We have an upcoming episode, listeners, that's all about this. And like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dear. I'm just like shaking my fist over here. Okay, sorry. Continue. So I bring my behind home. My husband goes to sleep. And <laughs> I am just, it's like bearable, but terrible at that point. And then mm-hmm. the heavens above open up a huge abyss of pain. And I am literally laboring. I have a set of stairs um, to come up and down. I have a second floor, two-story house. I, they're like, oh, walk. Make sure you walk your steps. And I'm walking my steps. And I'm crippled in pain halfway. And I just have to, like, army crawl up the steps to get to the platform. Mm. And I'm on all four knees. And I say this to say that in that moment, all I wanted was my mother, who is obviously, you know, past 12 years already, so she ain't helping nobody. So I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I want my mommy. And, I, and, uh, and also, I'm still going with this natural plan, so I'm, I'm swaying back and forth on all fours while in, in rhythmic motion with my husband's snores. <laughs> I can't believe you let him sleep. I would have been like, "You are waking up," <laughs> and I don't care if you're just gonna sit there and watch me be in pain. I'm not doing this by myself. See, my husband is a hmm, he can be insensitive at times, so I was actually preferring him sleep. You said that so diplomatically. Yes, um, he knows when to to turn it on and off, but in in general, he'd probably be like, "It, it can't hurt that much." So and you're like, I will kill yes. you. So to, to, <laughs> to avoid murder, uh, I let him sleep. And so I did that until six in the morning. And then I decided it was time to go back to the hospital. Mm. So I had progressed to seven centimeters, which is really good. And then the nurse said, you know, do you have another three hours in you? And I said, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> No way in no hell. No way in hell. It's already been about 10, 11, 12. One, two, three, four, five. It had been nine to 10 hours. So Jesus. I took an epidural, and my to, to shorten this part, uh, Jovan, which is my son, he ended up crashing three times consecutively within an hour and a half. So there was mm-hmm. a lot of concern about why his blood pressure was tanking, and you know it could be a cord wrapped around his neck and all this other stuff. So... They ended up at 10 in the morning telling me that I had to get a C-section. And that was most frightening. And in that moment, a caveat really quickly, my, my uh, GYN is also his ex-wife's GYN who delivered the twins. So... Oh. <laughs> so not only do you have a blended family with blended doctors <laughs> you also have blended doctors <laughs> so in that moment I wasn't afraid for the baby I knew he was fine you know I ex- experiential data says he'll be okay um, 
I was afraid for myself. I've never even gotten a stitch, let alone major disemboweling surgery um, mm-hmm. to remove a being from your body. You have a way with words that just makes my whole body like cringe, <laughs> like oh. So, so that happens, and I'm crying in fear, and I'm like, so how long do I have to really? you know, sit with this information. He's like, well, the OR is opening up right now. Just getting one, some, one person out of there and you'll be right in. So 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. I was like, <laughs> well, this sucks. Mm-hmm. So at that point, they need to prep me. They take me away from my husband. And I feel like at that po- moment, I'm in Grey's Anatomy. Uh, <laughs> I'm with my arm. That's all I was picturing. In right? My, my arm. I hope that there was a doctor who looked like McDreamy. Oh, no, he does not look like McDreamy. <laughs> Uh, that would have made it all better. So I have my arm extended. I'm crying. My husband has to get ready for surgery. I'm getting pulled away. Um, they put the bed down. I'm looking at all the, the, you know, the scene where the lights are like passing by you. That's Mm -hmm. happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They sit me in this cold (laughs) OR room and I have this out of body experience where no one is paying attention to me and I'm bawling. The mm. anesthesiologist is taking my arm, ready to take my, my um, put the, the IV in. I hear nurses counting scalpels. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. This sounds like a nightmare. It's terrible. Yeah. Uh, and no one is actually even paying attention to me. I feel like I'm just this. I could have been a chair in the room, not the yeah. subject of a C-section. <sighs> and I'm crying and I'm crying. And then finally, which, after an eternity... Well, what which felt like an attorney, which was only maybe half an hour. My husband comes in, and he obviously, as I said before, is one to joke and one to be a little bit insensitive, and that's these are all the reasons why I love him. But in that moment, I just he just looked at my face and he knew that I was in crisis, and he just held my hand and he asked, "Are you okay?" And that was strength enough for me. To and I'm getting emotional about it, which I'm not even this person. Mm. Prior to <laughs> Jovan, I was very different, and he just was my rock in that moment. So the process starts, and of course, my doctor has a resident that he's teaching on me. I'm like, oh god, <laughs> for real. So they're cutting over, uh, cutting open my dermis and my uterine lining and all this stuff, and he's going step by step. And <laughs> that was an appropriate sound effect. Right? Yeah. He's, he's over there listening. <laughs> so out comes eight pounds, one ounce Jovan, which felt just like a, a, a release of pressure. Kind of like, a, mm-hmm. I would say, like a geyser. You don't really feel anything <laughs> because you're numb from the waist down, but you have a sense and your, your mind is awake mm-hmm. and you're awake enough to know something's going on. And then you hear this strange sound <laughs> like that. Um, he's, he's killing he's, it with these sounds. He's sound killing it. And it was, it was just this, this rush of something completely out of this world. And of course, since you're, it's a C-section, my husband was the first to see the baby. And for eight minutes, I'm sitting there with, with blocked by this blanket, hearing my baby and not being able to touch or see or count toes or whatever was going on. 
And my husband, I'm like, is the baby okay? Is the baby okay? I'm crying. And he's like, yeah, I just, he just looks white. <laughs> which, which is, I do have, you know, I'm, I'm not dark skin, but I'm medium complexion and he's fair. But this baby looked like he, he said, I think they put powder on him. <laughs> like, when in seven minutes did they bring out the baby Johnsons and, and LeBron him with powder? But that's fine. Neither here nor there. <laughs> so they bring over this really chunky, somewhat ugly, frog-looking <laughs> being that was smushed inside my body for ten months. And then they're like, "Here's your baby. Okay, bye." So oh, three seconds and then he has to go tend to the baby. And once again, I'm alone being sewn up by non McDreamy and gray. <laughs> uh, and then I go down to recovery and about another hour and a half passes and I still haven't gotten to hold my son. Are you kidding me? I would be pitching a it's, bit at this point. It was, and then it, it's so odd because in the recovery room, I was the only person in the recovery room because it's a, like a common space. And I'm like, uh, uh, can a bitch get some help no. here? I'm trying to see my baby. <laughs> so oh boy. And two long passes before I see my baby. And he comes and he's just fat and wonderfully perfect. And in that moment, it was like all of my fears were put to rest and awakened at the same time. It was, I just, it, you have so many emotions, but instinctually and animalistically, I pick up my baby and I'm put, I put him to my breast without mm. any prompting, without any, um, any type of guidance, without a lactation consultant. I just did it. Because I felt like that was right to make up for those, you know, almost two hours that we weren't together. Mm -hmm. And he just started. Yeah, you're like, come here. Yeah, it was just like this weird, like, come to me, um, suckle at my teat. So, <laughs> so I put him on and he latched on and he started and I started breastfeeding. And that journey, which is an, that could be a podcast episode in and of itself. <laughs> but it was just this profound and elevating, uplifting, crazy, instinctual, innate, like guttural, mental experience. And in that moment, I was like, I can't host Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> I got a baby on my boob. How am I supposed to do this? And so November 15th is when I canceled Thanksgiving. <laughs> but I had everything in the world to be thankful for in that moment. Wow. I had a wonderfully appropriate and able to read emotion husband, uh, <laughs> which, which, you know, I was very scared of up until that point. I thought he was really going to continue his normal uh, behaviors, which I'm glad that he mm. knows how to shut it down. Uh, I had, mm. you know, stepdaughters who in an instant were completely infatuated with the baby. And of course. I had, you know, I had no baby mama drama. And in, in fact, mm -hmm. my, I call her my ex-wife cause it's just simpler. 
So <laughs> my ex-wife is probably the most supportive. She, you know, for my bridal shower, she gave me the best gift. For my baby shower, she just went all out and got me every, she got me better gifts than other people. And, mm -hmm. you know, she is my childcare default when I don't have childcare. She's really just a blessing. And it was just inexplicable what was going on. Uh, and it was, it was life changing and not to say, you know, and I, I think about this in the, the, the process of giving birth and how babies are made, whether in your own body or in someone else's body and, and just the act of creating in your own vessel, something else there's, and this is not to take away from the experience of anyone who, who cannot do that or hasn't done it. If anything, sometimes I contemplate the power of a person to have that understanding without going through it. There's just mm -hmm. this, it's just transformative. And then it also makes me consider if that transformation doesn't happen, what does that mean for that individual? Because creating life for 10 months and then being... It, it being abruptly just you're affronted with this life you don't you, you get to meet it's like a blind date it's like the ultimate blind date you're like hanging out talking you know they're right around the corner but not really there you know been texting you know tinder whatever the hell oh my god this is amazing. and then you meet in person and you know they kind of catfish you a little bit because <laughs> they don't really look like their pictures <laughs> and but it's okay because they're still good looking and then you like instantly fall in love and you know that's all she wrote yeah. and it's just out of this world and now I'm obsessed yeah. with motherhood <laughs> if I could have six children I completely would I know obviously logically that makes no sense so it's not going to happen so Girl, you do what you want to do. If you want to have six kids. Oh, I'm not. There's no space for that. I don't even think I have the mental <laughs> fortitude for that. Another one, though, I recently got my husband to acquiesce to a second. He was very firm. No, he was actually going to get a, a vasectomy soon after I gave birth. But because obviously, you know, he has the twins and then this is his third child. Mm -hmm. And But growing up as a single child, having eight other siblings from my father... You know, I felt a sense of loneliness that comes with being alone, obviously. So I yeah. didn't want that. Although the girls are here, my, my, my husband is a 95% father. So he picks up his daughters every day from school, does homework until 6. Um, well, does homework till 4, then mom comes at 6, 6.30 to pick them up, and that's Monday through Friday. And then we have them every other weekend. So he's only not there for his daughters like three days out of the week, three or four days out of, uh, out of the month. And even then we're either, we do football Sundays, we alternate football Sundays, and we attend all the events. So it's not to mention now, so I work mid-shift 1230 to 830, and my husband's a sanitation worker. So his route gets done by 9 or 10. He'll come home, hang out, and then have to go sign out. I leave at 12. And he's with Jovan to sign out. He takes Jovan to pick up the girls from school, picks up the girls, does homework, feeds the baby, 
you know, plays with the kids. Girls go home. He stays with Jovan, and I get home at 8.45, and he goes to bed. So my husband is the primary caretaker of, of his children, basically. Mm-hmm. Do you guys see each other? It sounds like your ship's passing in the night. We are yeah. basically ships passing in the night. So like I had informed Sally, he'll be home soon. So that's the hard stop because <laughs> our time is so limited. <laughs> um, but it works out and we make it work. My son turned one on Tuesday. And in, mm-hmm. in reflecting in this past year, I, you know, there's a, there's a misconception that once your child is born, that your child needs to be front and center and the, the focus of all of your attention. And that's really a misguided uh, frame of mind because mm-hmm. your child would be no one without the parents. Yeah. Parents come first. Yeah. And, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't have to say you have to be married or you know, whatever your situation is, the union from which this labor of love was born is what needs to be cultivated. Because I'm so glad you're saying that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Trust me, this is a, 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 it's probably more popular now, but it's a very contentious topic because parents have been known to put children first. But, oh, yeah. And it's like, if you're not taking care of yourself first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. then you're not as able to take care of your child. You know, I'm a social worker mm-hmm. by trade, and, you know, this is a, a common it, systems theory says that everything you learn is from your parents. The family unit is a reflection of the parental unit. Mm-hmm. And my mar- in, in, I felt a little selfish in reflecting about Jovan's birthday on, on Tuesday. Um, but that selfishness or that commitment to my marriage is what's going to make my son a a good person, hopefully. And just thinking about the strength in that moment. And I ended up crying, you know, at the, at the minute my baby came out, I was bawling uh, in reflection because he was just a testament to the strength and the fortuitousness of my union with my husband because throughout that whole experience, what was being tested and called into question was my ability to bond with my husband and us get through it together. Although I was the, the, you know, the subject of, you know, whatever was going on medically and getting cut, he was my support which sometimes is a harder job than the person going through what they're going through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, supporting someone is challenging. And I love that you made sure to point out that he did show up the way you needed him to in the moments that really matter. Yes, he definitely did. And, and just thinking about that, I wasn't reflecting so much on, you know, it's a given, you know, it's a, it's a big milestone to keep a baby alive for a year. And I'm not even joking. Because yes, congratulations. <laughs> so, I was happy that you know I did it. I made it. I breastfed for the majority of his first year. I also amazing. Yeah, I mean the mm-hmm. first eight weeks of breastfeeding is you can have three mental breakdowns and 
it's just absolutely. And I also breastfed while recovering from a C-section, which is a whole. And I also was working from home. So yeah, you're the dog. Yeah. <laughs> so I did a whole lot of things within the first 10 to 12 weeks of his life. And, you know, taking the advice and not taking the advice and not flipping out on people who, you know, tell you what to do and all this other stuff that happened. And that's a given. And I'm glad I was able to do that. But, and not, but because, but negates everything before it. And <laughs> yay, conscious language. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and at the same time, all I could think about was how well my husband and I did in this past year. And in that moment of from birth to now, mm. and it just made me feel more close to my husband. And I told him, and, you know, thankfully, yeah. since I'm not giving birth, he was his natural self. He's like, are you okay? You're depressing me. <laughs> I'm like, you're like, I'm trying to be, yeah, loving. I'm trying to express myself. He's like, well, if I took a picture of you right now, that wouldn't be a happy face. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> yes, dear. You know, thank you. I'm, I'm looking forward to going through trials and tribulations with you in the future because you're my rock, all this other stuff. He's like, whatever. And in, in, the, in actuality, and I read an article about this, which I think is brilliant, is that you choose a partner, when you choose a partner, you need to choose. Love is great and love is wonderful and love is the groundwork for which unions are made. However, that union is defined is, is up to the, the, the couple, obviously, because I don't presume to know the, the relationship contract that anyone has. But you need to choose a person that you can struggle and endure and go through pain with. And as dismal as that sounds, a person you can struggle with is a person that you know can be with you throughout your life. Because a person, if you're dating someone and the first, the first inkling of shit's going to go down and that person's out, that's not a person that you want to mm -hmm. be with for the rest of your life because that person's not going to show up when you need uh -huh. them to. You know, yeah. you need to be with a person who in the thick of it, in the throes of it, is consistent, is reliable, and can endure. Because mm -hmm. when you have a sick baby or when you are stricken with cancer or when you suffer a death in the family, a person who's not going to be there for you is not a person that you can survive life with. Mm -hmm. Or you can survive it, but at your own compromise so there was a lot of and even now like I'm, I'm feeling a little drained because of all this reflection um, <laughs> and it's you know no one has to understand what what goes on in your relationship as long as it's healthy mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm talking universally yeah. healthy not healthy that people make up like, you know, he hit me and I hit him with my car, so we're healthy. No, that's not okay. <laughs> yeah, and and also not healthy in that sense of we're both walking through life pretending like everything's okay. Exactly. Because mm -hmm. that, I think, is what a lot of people mistake for healthy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And no, no, no sense of comfort is worth compromising your, your dignity and, and your needs as a human being. Mm. Um, so... All this to say, don't stay together for the kids. <laughs> mm. Yeah, uh, well, and, okay, wait. So did Thanksgiving actually end up happening? So Thanksgiving did happen, but it happened a little differently than I expected. 
We normally go to my best friend's mother's house. Like I said, we weren't able to go there because I was obviously recovering. But Jose's aunt from Connecticut came down with her cousin. I mean, well, his cousins and some kids. And they brought a turkey to me. And we spent it mm-hmm. at my house um, with Jose's family, which was a little different because we normally spend it together um, with the girls. Uh, but I think we split it. I don't, I don't particularly remember right now. Um, mm-hmm. But we did have Thanksgiving. I just, I didn't personally do anything. <laughs> <laughs> you still got to host. Yes. Well, and you were present. I mean, that's, that's yeah. a lot. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I was present. I was present for as, as much as I could be present for two weeks in. Um, mm-hmm. guts feeling like they were going to fall on the floor. Um, mm-hmm. But it was beautiful, and, and it's been beautiful ever since. I am a highly, much more emotional person than I've ever been in my life. I've, I've, it has opened this Pandora's box of <laughs> awareness and just intuition and reflection and it's you know I'm, I'm trying to build better relationships with my brothers and for the sake of my son and you know in the background of all this happening my father who is a terrible father didn't last August we didn't speak it from August 2015 which I was already like seven months pregnant until July of this year like he didn't even acknowledge the birth of my son or his or his eighth grandchild, um, so that was going on in the background. And when you have hormones, that is not okay. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not okay on a, on a regular basis, but that just yeah. exasperated a little bit of the emotional tensions that were going on with within me. But overall, you know, I have to give thanks. Like I said, I give thanks to my marriage first, and then obviously the fruits of our labor is my son Jovan. And the way it has helped me be a better stepmother, because now I'm understanding of what a mother's love is, because I I will admittedly say I was a little bit cold at times, or just not, I didn't have the the capacity for understanding for certain things. And like I said, I wasn't very emotional. And dealing with girls who are twins, it's like they one and one, hand in hand. (laughs) <laughs> so now I'm a little I'm a little better at parenting them, which I'm thankful for because you know that there's always that layer of uncertainty as a step parent. Mm-hmm. I really try to make a conscious effort to be a better wife because it's it's the little things. When I come home, I give my husband a kiss first, and when I see myself going for the baby first, I correct myself and I go to my husband first because mm-hmm. you know my husband comes before the before my baby um and not in a hierarchical sense but you know I don't know how to explain it but just paying respects to the marriage first and then handling business yeah I love that you say that because it's also like I don't know I I have a lot of feelings about being a mother someday, I'm really, really excited for that experience. Uh, I also have, I think, quite a few, like, fears. And one of them, I mean, I'm like, this is going to make me sound a little bit terrible, but my boyfriend, Matt, 
I see him with his niece, Chloe, and how much he loves her. And I'm a little bit like, oh, my God, I'm going to have kids, and he's going to love the kids more than me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know what? And that scares me. It's And it's hard because I don't want to say that I come before my my husband's daughters because, obviously, you know, before there was Jovan, there was me and the girls, and he still respected our our relationship first. Not to say that he loved me more than the girls. It's not that at all. Yeah. It's it's not mm-hmm. about quantifying. Yeah, and it's yeah, yeah, it's not about quantifying the love. It's about I like that language around honor. Yeah. Honoring and respecting the union first so that you can be the best parents and be the best role models that you can be. And then yeah. and also, this is how kids are not stupid. They know how to play parents. They know how to manip- manipulate <laughs> a union that is not strong. Mm-hmm. That's where the, oh, you know, going to the father and then going to the mother and, you know, going behind their backs and getting their way. It's because the, the unit is not speaking and is not in unison. Yeah. yeah. So really establishing yourselves as a force in, in the face of your children and a unified front that speaks volumes to the kids. Cause they know that they can't, they can't play around. And in the in the eyes of the girls, and also for Jovan, Jovan and the girls have four parents, so they can't go. And we're all on the same page. The girls are like, "How do you guys all know his stuff?" I'm like, what do you think? We don't talk. <laughs> like, they like get over it. When we go to parent teacher, it's always the four of us, and the teachers are very surprised that there's four beings in the room. Because I'm sure it's hard <laughs> to get one person in the room. That's amazing. Yeah, that those yeah. girls have and Jovan have four adults to love them that much. I think it's, we're so well blended and integrated that even the girls have started asking, they're like, mommy, are you Jovan's stepmom? (laughs) And she's like, absolutely not. That would mean I have to marry your father again. And that would never happen ever. (laughs) Um, So like they're, we're doing such a good job that the girls are confused. (laughs) Yeah, And I'm thankful for all of that. And, you know, I think I, a year ago today is such a fitting term for how I'm living my life because I'm constantly in a state of reflection on, wow, look what you've accomplished in this year. Uh, Mm -hmm. And look where you were just last year. So when Sally had reached out, I was like, oh, yeah, this is definitely something I want to talk about. Um, if only I've always wanted a platform to talk about my my wonderful experience with the blended family. And I'm not going to lie. In the beginning, it was not easy at all. Uh, it yeah. took. We are leaps and bounds from where we initially uh, were, where we initially started. But it was well worth, I mean... My my ex-wife was mad for like three months. My best friend, you know, didn't really want to hear about us copulating <laughs> um, for a good year. But then everyone moved on and, you know, my ex-wife was like, this is the easiest, this is the, the best thing for my children. You've known them since they were three. I don't have to worry about a strange person in my girls' lives. You have a relationship with them already. You You love my, they call each other sisters you love my sister. And so I'll have to get used to it, but this is probably the best thing. And from there it's, you know, that's all she wrote. 
I love it. It's like, I real like, I've recently been going through kind of a challenging situation with my boyfriend and his family. And it's like everyone agreeing to be like, you know what? What's in front of us is in front of us. And how do we choose to move forward with the most possible love and mutual kindness and respect from this point? Because like sitting around kind of like festering. Yeah. I was going to say like bitching about the situation. Not that anyone is doing that. It's just the language that's coming to me. Um, but sitting around doing that isn't helpful for anyone. Yeah. You know, and it's like, and I think in life in general, it's like, how can you accept fully accept the situation that you're in and move forward from that place? Mm-hmm. Yep. Cause the rest is just wasted energy in my opinion. Yep. You have yeah. to choose how to act and not get stuck. Mm-hmm. Well, so Thanksgiving is coming up rapidly. It, when this airs, it will be tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so what are your Thanksgiving plans this year? Uh, in true form, we are going back to my best friend's mother's house all as a unit. We actually were contemplating because, like I said, I'm working on relationships and I'm, I'm working on a, a relationship with a family member and I had invited him. And it just so happened that we might not have been able to go. So we would have had it split up for the first time on Thanksgiving in like four years. But that worked itself out and we're now going to be together. So we don't have to worry about the girls being split up or or anything like that. So we will be celebrating together. Yay. So this is yet another thing to be thankful for. So I encourage... Anyone who is listening to challenge yourself to find something to be thankful for. Um, At the very least, you are alive and breathing. Um, Mm -hmm. But finding the positive can be harder than, you know, you want it to be. But there is always somewhere, there's always something to be positive and thankful for. So I definitely challenge anyone to think about it and reflect and create a space for more positivity. I'm like trying not to laugh at the fact that this is coming from your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I mean, Sally has known me for a very, very long time. And she has seen the, yeah. the evolution. I'm like, I only know you in the context of this conversation. Yeah, so, so you have yeah. a great picture of me. So Sally has seen the troubled, she's seen all, I know, I don't Sally, sometimes I laugh at myself. I'm looking in the mirror. I'm like, who is this person? Uh, I'm an adult. I mean, it's great. I, am, I own a home. I have a car. I have a job. I have a baby. I'm a stepmom. I talk to my to my husband's baby mom. It's just, it's insane. It's um, great. But you know, I've come very, very, very far. And I love all of it. I totally love it. It was just so funny. I was like, wow, these are these are the words that are coming out of her mouth. Oh, she's still yeah. going. This is. <laughs> I just, I, I got words for days. <laughs> Um, it's great. Yeah. So, you know, caveat again, you can do it. You won't be the same person that you are now in 10 years. Mm -hmm. So make yourself a better person, everybody. (laughs) If you're not a person, start right now. If you're you're not a better person in 10 years, you are doing something wrong. (laughs) Um, but have faith. There's always, what is it? The, the quote is change starts with today or something to that effect. Great. I love it. 
was like, I, I have no idea, but it sounds good. But yeah, it does sound good. <laughs> yep. So, in in short, <laughs> be thankful, <laughs> be open to change, don't have a birth plan, <laughs> um, and find someone that you can endure and struggle with. <laughs> because these are all great takeaways. It'll make all the difference. Also, put the the new the new diaper under the old diaper to save yourself. Yeah, I do that when I change my. <laughs> That's niece. good. You're already steps ahead. And and also, my, as my husband said, get a dog or a cat prior to having a baby because, however, that if that dog or cat is alive in a year, <laughs> you're you're fully trained to have a child. It's the same idea. Well, maybe not so much the cat. The cat is a little more independent. But the dog, mm-hmm. you have to teach it how to poop. You have to teach it how to pee. You have to teach it how to sit and eat. If you go on vacation, oh you need to find care for it. It's literally the this same. Is me tired. The same exact. <laughs> it's it's a parallel, except the dog never grows up. <laughs> oh boy! And the dog is always happy to see you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That's all I got, ladies. Well, in closing, we do have two more questions for you. And the first is, if you close your eyes now and take a deep breath and feel back into that space that you were in a year ago today, can you describe how you're feeling for us now in one word? Proud. Hmm. That's a good leap. Trepidatious to proud. Mm-hmm. Yep. And if you could speak to yourself a year ago today from the woman that you are today, what would you say to her? Uh, I would say you can do it. Um, you were an excellent mother. And don't be so nervous. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Me too. Oh my gosh. <sighs> Thank you, Chantel, for coming yeah. and talking to us. This has this been so beautiful. Great. I loved it. Thank you for having oh, me. I've been wanting to have a new mom on forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Since we started the podcast, I've been wanting a year ago today I had a baby. So this has been <laughs> like a real dream come true of mine personally. <laughs> and I feel okay. really thankful. Yeah, me too. I'm all filled up with love. I know. I guess while we're on that note, I just want to say to our listeners, happy Thanksgiving. I'm so thankful for each and every one of you. I'm so thankful for this platform, for this podcast, for all of the, all of the everything that it brings (laughs) to my life. So much joy, so much awareness, so much connection and expansion. And, you know. I'm thankful for you, for every single person who's listening. So thank you so much for being here. And I hope that you have so much to be thankful for this Thanksgiving and every day. Yes. I love all of you. Uh, Everything Tyla said. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even have that written down. I just went with it. I'm pretty proud of myself. (laughs) I love it. Okay. Anything Um, else? I don't think so. 
I guess we should say where people can find us. I mean, it doesn't really feel important. <laughs> I always skip that this episode. You know where to find us. You Enjoy Thanksgiving. Us. Go Have eat a great food. day. Eat so much food. <laughs> Drink wine. Love we your love family. You. Love whoever you're with. Yeah. Love yourself. Lots of yeah. self-compassion around Thanksgiving, people. If you burn something, it's okay. That's fine. And if you're by yourself, that's also more than okay. Mm-hmm. Love us. Yeah. Not in a Send us way. an email. <laughs> yeah, send us an email. <laughs> uh, okay. Go have fun, everyone. We All love right. you. Until next time. Peace out. Bye. <laughs>